Welcome to Struggling Blessed But Not Alone podcast. This is a faith-based podcast where your host, Teresa, will share her life struggles with you as well as interview others on their life struggles to show you no matter what is going on, God will get you through it. No storm is too big or too small for him. Please sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of joe or beverage. Enjoy today's episode. Here is your host, Teresa. Okay, guys, it's another great week. Thank you for coming back. I hope if whatever part of the day, whether it's your morning, your afternoon, your evening, your Sunday, your Saturday, your Friday, your Thursday, whatever part of the day it is as well, that you just enjoy this next episode. And thank you for adding me to your day. If you're in the car, just be safe while you're driving. And thank you for letting me sit next to you. If you're on the treadmill, run a little faster. If you're on that exercise bike, just enjoy that that spin of a ride as well. If you're in the garden, thank you for taking me out in the sun with you. If you are at lunch or at breakfast, having that cup of coffee, I'm right here with you getting ready for this episode. This is the episode that I am so excited to share with you. It's my dear friend, Ruthie, who's been my friend for over 20 years. She helps me when I told you last week that the story about my college years, there's a part where she comes on in 2006 where she's been my friend, but she comes and helps me and, and we have to grapple with that or I grapple with it. And she just talks about the Lord and how well she is, you know, how I ask her how she can do it with all the things she's been through. So this is a great episode for her to tell her story. And and you'll hear, you don't really hear much about what I'm going through, but how I go to her and say, you know, in 2006, how did you do, how do I do this? And she tells me that, you know, as I knew all the things she was going through, because I was there for most of those things as well. So this is just a great episode, but here is a disclaimer. I have got to give this disclaimer. If you are under the age of 18, I want you to stop the episode in a few minutes and take it to your parent. It is a wonderful episode. It is just an adult conversation. It may be one that your parent needs to listen to first to be able to say, yes, this is what I want you to listen to or not, or they may have to explain some stuff to you. There, again, God is always on the throne. Things are always working. But if you are a young one, please, I thank you for wanting to be a part of this episode and always listening. Um, if you're new, thank you as well. But please stop the episode and let or if you're a parent with your child, you may want to listen first before you, um, you know, let your child listen as well. Um, but anyways, thank you for always listening. Thank you for wanting to be a part of it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you to my dear friend, Ruth, for sharing her story with me. I love you dearly always, Ruthie. Um, thank you to God as well for just giving me these great stories to share. But let's go right into this episode. Um, we do end up stopping this episode but because we run out of time because she's got somewhere she's got to go. But it was a great stop because I we did discuss that she will be on this episode again or in another episode at another time to talk more about her life. But this one is a perfect stop because we talk about all about her being a mom, her about having her children, her about her mother-in-law, about her mother herself, how being a mom, a wife, and all those things. So it's just a great family type struggle that goes on. And then we'll talk another time about more stuff that she goes through because her journey does not end. Just like our journeys do not end. We never know what tomorrow's going to bring, but let's just take that mustard seed of faith and believe that God's going to carry us through it. Because as I've told you, and I've had other people on this episode, we may be trying and going through a struggle, but he is on the throne. He knows what he's do- doing. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He declares the plans that he has for you. He knows the path that he's going to take you on. Um, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Romans eight twenty eight. all things are called for those who love the Lord and, you know, for his calling and his glory. However, all those go, I don't know them perfectly, but as you know, it's not knowing them perfectly. It's just really digging in your Bible. But let's go on to this episode and then I will be back next week with a solo. So here we go. I know grandpa struggles. I know. Let's stop talking and let's just go. So here we go, guys. Let's listen to this break and then we'll be right back with my dear friend, Ruthie. Enjoy and thank you. Do you have a story of a struggle that God has brought you through that you would like to share with the world? If so, Teresa Gufanti is inviting you to be a guest on her Struggling Bliss But Not Alone podcast. If you're interested, please send an email to teresa-blessings at outlook.com to learn more. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-blessings at outlook.com.
Okay, guys, we are now back from the break. And as I told you, I was going to interview my dear friend, Ruth, who I've known for many, many years, probably over 20 years now. So let me tell you guys a little bit. How are you doing, Ruth? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that we can get together and talk because, you know, we don't talk often and I miss you, but it's you're just a phone call away. I know that for sure. But anyways, guys, um, I have my dear friend Ruth here and I'm going to have her tell have her give you guys a little bit of a bio. her. Blah, 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 sorry, going to have her give a little bit of a bio about her and then we're going to talk about just how she's helped me during my storms of life really in 2006 when I had this really big struggle and how she's just always been my rock and how she leans on God and where her faith comes and, and a lot of stories in her life. So Ruth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am a wife, been married to my high school sweetheart for 27 years, together total of 34. Um, we have three beautiful daughters here on earth and I have four children in heaven and I am a hairdresser and I love my job and I love being able to see and talk to all my clients. Let me tell you, she used to cut my hair. I miss you dearly for that. I do have a great hairdresser. <laughs> I have a great hairdresser now, but I do miss my friend because boy, not only did we did you cut my hair and do a great job, but we always had a blast. We've always had a blast, huh, Ruthie? Very true. Um, so anyways, Very Ruth, true. so anyways, Ruth, you know, in 2006, when when mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we all were friends, you know, Michelle and, and Vince and and you, um, the business was we were just having business problems, and then I broke up, you know, I just decided to not um help run the business and be a part of owning that business anymore you were there right there when I was just crying out to God going how do I do this because I already had you know not speaking to my parents because of the problems with my grandmother and helping my grandmother so I remember just turning to you one day as you're in my house as I started to tell everyone just now how do you do it Ruthie with everything that's happened to you so why don't you start and just tell us you know, I know that you lean on God, but start talking about just where your faith comes, what has happened in your life. Just go. Just it, the floor is yours. So tell us what you want us to know and how God has been good to you. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school from first grade to all the way through high school. Um, always, you know, went to church. It was, you know, non-negotiable when I was a child. Um, but I did not get my faith from the church. Um, my mother was a very faith-based person and regardless of whatever it was she had gone through, she always knew that, that you know, with God's help, you get through everything. Um, my mother was Cuban. She escaped Cuba, came here, uh, you know, got her siblings and her mother out and everything, you know, she had a, a very difficult life, but was still able to do all of that and managed to do all of that, got married, had children. And um, so in all her difficulties, she showed me that it doesn't matter what your religion is, but it's your faith or your relationship with God in order putting your trust in him that gets you through the difficult times. It's not going to save us from having difficult times, but he will be there for you during all of it. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I miss your mom. She was a wonderful woman. And you, I know we'll get into that story, what happens to your mom. But so, so at the age of 18 or 15, 16, when do you meet your husband? 16. 16. And then you get married, what? Because I didn't know you at this point. Um, I met you much later on. Um, we were married at 23. Wow. And then, so life takes on this toll. And then you, so. so uh -huh. Yeah. So at 23, everything is sunshine and roses. And it was actually shortly after we got married that I had confirmed that I had fertility problems. But during that time, we didn't do any, anything because of the fact that um, his mother was dying. She had brain cancer and was actually um, taken at a very young age. She was only 46 years old when she passed. 
So that was like one of our first uh, struggles as a married couple together dealing with, you know, the death of his mom so young, we were only 25. And, um, so that was a huge blow. Um, but as with everything, you know, one day at a time and life has a way of getting you through it. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was difficult in and of itself, but then we had to broach the subject of fertility and how we were going to go about this and what we were going to do and everything. So how did you, how did you find out that you were having fertility problems? Were you just trying and you? Um, yeah, so I, as soon as we got married, um, I went off the pill. Um, but I had gone on the pill because I had very irregular cycles. And so I had been on the pill since I was like 17 years old, but for, to, to regulate my cycle, because I was, it was completely irregular to where it was like maybe once or twice a year, but that had been going on since I was a little girl, like from my first period, um, it was always irregular. So I never really thought anything of it. And I went off the pill and, you know, my gynecologist was like, okay, you, you know, we'll take you off and whatnot. And it was very obvious from the beginning. I never, never had a cycle, never had anything. And this would go on and then they'd give me, you know, medication and they started me on like mini dose, you know, fertility pills that at that time, I don't even know if that's still used anymore. Um, to try and, you know, um, get me to ovulate and, you know, none of that did. So it was, it was just very apparent because I never had a cycle um, that I, we had fertility issues. And so we went in, um, I was 26 when we started like the big guns um, to like the shots and all the fertility stuff that is done. Uh, I didn't do I IVF, we did IUI, um, but that was started at, I was 26. So that was difficult, but it was rewarded very quickly with the first IUI, I got pregnant and it was, you know, really easy I guess, you know, to get pregnant thinking that it was going to be a very long haul. So when we, the first uh, IUI took hold, it was like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, you know, what a miracle that was. And we were pregnant with triplets. So the pregnancy actually developed. Everything was normal. Everything was great. I was put on modified bed rest just because of the fact that there was three of them. And um, it, it progressed as a normal pregnancy. I had no issues. I did have morning sickness, but that's, you know, not an issue. Um, and it was, everything was great. Every doctor's appointment, obviously I was going to a high risk doctor and my regular OBGYN and all that other stuff. And then one Sunday morning, I woke up one Sunday afternoon, we woke up from a nap and I was bleeding. So they suggested, oh, you know, this happens, but just go to the hospital just in case because it's three. And unfortunately, I have what's called an incompetent cervix. And when I got to the hospital, I was 10 centimeters and there's nothing they can do at that point. I was only 22 weeks, which is two weeks shy of age of viability where they would even consider uh, doing anything NICU wise. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the babies were born and they, they died. And, wow. uh, so that was like a huge, you know, having to deliver, uh, all three of them and, you know, being left with nothing was, it was a huge blow, but I remember, I don't know. I think uh, everything had gone so smoothly at that time that I remember thinking, yeah, I like I knew there was going to be like in the back of my head. I was like, this has gone too easy. There's something that's going to happen. So 
I was not, I, I remember being like, not so utterly devastated over it because it was kind of like, yeah, this is what's supposed to happen because this happens, you know, I'm not the only one it happens. All right. So we've got the bad out, you know, I've, I've done the bad. Um, and now we can move forward. And it was, you know, not to say that it wasn't devastating. It was their funeral was horrendous. I just leaving the hospital, uh, with nothing in my arms was, was horrible. And I know other people have said the same thing that walk out of the hospital when you go in big and pregnant and leave with nothing is, is horrendous. Even if your baby's in NICU or anything, it's not easy. Um, so, but, it, you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I'm sorry. So <laughs> at this point, you, you just think this, even though it's, it's not normal and, and you, you know, that, you know, it was too easy and you're thinking something could be wrong. Do you, do you, what do you, what are you thinking about, about God at this point? Are you, or you're okay. You're just like, you're thinking you're going to do it again. What's ha- what's going through your I mind? Was okay. I was honestly, okay. I mean, I, the, it, the minute that we were able to go back and try again, I was trying again because I thought, okay, we're good. You know, this was a, a bump in the road. It was a horrendous bump in the road, but it's a bump in a road and there's, it will happen again. I guess because of the fact that I was very hopeful that I did get pregnant immediately. I mean, Literally, I know people who were in that same situation who had month after month of IUI, IVFs, all of all of the things you can have and never get pregnant. So I was very hopeful because I had gotten pregnant on the first try. Right. But now so, there is there is a blow, though. You have, you know, you leave without any children and, and you're willing to yes, do it. Oh, so absolutely. You- absolutely. But I, I clung on to that hope. Mm-hmm. that I did it once I can do it again and wow. now that we knew what my problem was that's fixable okay so so right and I know you're you're you are just a strong person I know that things affect you I know that you know that that you know you're you're not superwoman or anything but that's what <laughs> that's what I've always leaned on like Ruthie I've seen you go through so much how do you do this but but again it's just like you said knowing that you didn't like it but knowing that okay maybe it wasn't supposed to work out. So then what happens? Tell us what's going on. Do you so we move try on again? As soon as, yeah. As soon as we get the go ahead, uh, we try again, again, on um, the first IUI, I get pregnant and I'm put on bed rest immediately. My cervix does have to be sewn closed with a cerclage, which is a procedure that they do. And I, had the cerclage taken out at 37 weeks and my uh, beautiful oldest daughter was born two days later. Oh, we're uh, talking happy, Christina. healthy, beautiful little girl and with no complications, no issues, no nothing. It was like perfect. So that was great. That was wonderful. And, you know, we definitely enjoyed her uh, for her first year. And at that time we decided we were going to go back because I wanted to have all my kids close together so that it would be easier for me, I guess, or I don't know, but that's what our plan was. So we went back by the time she was a year old, we went back to fertility and we were pregnant again on the first shot. That one, however, was not um, not meant to be either. I um, it would progress normally. No, did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm listening. Oh, I'm just listening. Sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm uh, no, I'm just listening. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, I know it, my it, screen went black, so I didn't. I was like, "What?" Um, sorry. So you're fine. Um, I was I was fine. I had the cerclage done, like I did with Christina. They, I am immediately put on bed rest. So I'm on bed rest from nine weeks on. And when I mean bed rest, it's bed rest. Uh, You're only allowed to get up to go to the bathroom. So she was so good. My husband would leave for work, put her in, put her in our room. And I had, you know, all the amenities up there. I had a little refrigerator. She had all her toys or whatever. And she just played in the room and did everything while I laid in bed. And then um at 
13 weeks. It was late 12, 13 weeks, I started spotting and then quite a bit of blood. And so of course we go right to the hospital and they uh, rush me in. And because I'm, I don't know what the rules are now, but until you're 20 weeks, they can't take you to labor and delivery. So I had to go to the ER and all this other BS. Um, but eventually they took me up to the floor and they find that I had a partial uh, placental abruption. So that a portion of the placenta had detached and um, was causing the bleed. So I was already on bed rest, but now I'm put on hospital bed rest um, and monitored. These things generally um, do find a way to reattach themselves and um, you can go on to have a normal pregnancy. Unfortunately, in my case, that did not happen. Um, but I, I remember laying in the hospital bed and the nurses looking at me like, you know, we're sorry this is happening again. And, and um, because they had been with me through with the triplets, they, people knew me at the hospital. Um, <clears throat> I just kept thinking, no, no, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. God's going to, God's going to see this through. Everything's going to be fine. He's already taken three, you know, we're good. He's not going to take another one. I've already, you know, I've already had this loss. So we're good. I know we're good. And unfortunately we weren't good. <laughs> um, he, I started hemorrhaging and I was losing way too much blood and the placenta did not attach itself back again. And so um, not only risking the baby's life, but my life was greatly at risk. I was uh, bleeding to death. And so I had to be rushed to the OR and um, the pregnancy had to be uh, terminated. I mean, it would have terminated itself eventually, but um, I was bleeding to death. I required four, four or five pints of blood, three pints of platelets. Um, I was in ICU for a while. It was, um, it was not fun. I was very, I was very sick at that time. Um, and yeah, no, that was not good. And I remember being very angry with God because he had done it again. Like, why, why did I have to do this twice? What, what happened here? And, um, I, I just, I was angry, just like you're angry. You, you can be angry with anybody. Um, I was angry and didn't think it was fair, but you know, looking back, like life's not fair. Life's not fair Absolutely. for a lot of reasons and for a lot of people, but you just have to. So were you, on. were you mad at God? Were, were you, did you, did you like, Extremely. Did you, yeah. Did you? Oh, he knew I was mad. No, no. He knew I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, okay. He definitely knew I was mad. Right. Well, like I tell people, you know, it's okay to get mad, you know, to talk to God. I mean, you were still talking to him. You're still trying to work it out. Cause you're like, I know you said to me that, that, you know, for you, you're like, no, he's not going to take these because he's got the first three. Correct. And it was that right. whole thing. Like, correct. why would he, why would he take another, why would he take another baby? Right. He's got the first three, right. like this wasn't right. right. So, um, well with that, then after that happens and now, um, so this is, uh, this is where I, 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 you know, I, it's, it's truly, um, amazing how, you know, the way life turns out Absolutely. and how your walk with God, um, happens. Yes. I was angry. Yes. I was, um, I, he definitely knew it. He definitely knew it. I always talk to God. I, I may not pray in, in the conventional, conventional terms, but I will sit there and have a conversation just like if he was sitting in front of me, uh, you That's, know, person to person and, um, you know, let him know what I'm feeling, what I, what I wish I, or what I need from him or, you know, whatnot. So, um, well, can I stop you for a minute? Yeah. 
worthy and ask and say, listen, this is what I believe. And, and I know we've been friends for years, but it's a communication with God. It's like, now I do say dear heavenly father, Correct. but there's many times that I'm just, you know, honestly, you know, I'm just saying, Hey God, what are we going to do today? What's happening? I, like I'm sitting across the table from him. And that's what I hope people get out of some of these conversations and these interviews that I do. Yeah. That it's, it's a walk with God. It's not so much a Correct. It's not a You're, religion. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a no. textbook, right. you know, got to do this, or someone makes me feel like I've got to pay X amount of dollars to this church Correct. to do whatever it, Absolutely. guys, what I, what I always hope people get out of this Ruthie and, you know, cause you've known me for years that, you know, cause I've had religion thrown down my throat in different ways too, but nah, God's a loving God. He's a, he, Correct. he's looking for a relationship, a walk, a, a personal relationship. He, you know, Correct. that kind of thing. So it, it's exactly that it's, he so wants it's, your friendship. He wants, exactly. your, he wants your, not, how do you say that? He wants your friend. Yeah. He just he wants, wants your friendship. Your friendship. He, he wants, wants yeah, to he, have that intimate relationship, relationship with, with you. Yep it's it's a walk yeah, it's, it's not a it's yeah. a relationship and, yeah and, he wants yeah. to have a relationship the the religion is meant to invented by man to keep you in line the way they want to with all the rules and uh implications that they put that are necessary to be part of a religion whereas jesus never ever stated that in any way shape or form and no he was a lo he's a loving god he was he's correct. you know he correct. he he was he was brought here you know he was you know as if you do read the bible and i know you do read the bible you know god brought him because we couldn't meet the rules and the regulations of the correct. law so so the next right. thing you know god brings his son down to to save us from the sins of the world and to to help right. us and, but, and i also and i also use that as a as a method to that's where my strength comes from. Yeah. Jesus was born to suffer. Yes. And what Jesus suffered. Okay. So imagine being born and imagine being born with the knowledge of how your life is going to be and yep. when it's going to end, how it's going to end. His life must have been because we look at it from a human standpoint now yes he was human so i'm sure he did have those feelings and even when he cried out on the cross mm -hmm. you know for his father to help him that that is the human side of, side of, of jesus yep. but to walk your whole life knowing, knowing yep. what was going to happen Absolutely. nobody on this earth has suffered more than jesus did Absolutely. nobody on this earth that must have been so mentally difficult so for me, as just a lowly human, I always, nobody wants to suffer, but you have to, you, when I talk to Jesus or whatever, I know he understands because he suffered too and did the, you know, sacrificed his life for us. Absolutely. So, Cause like I always say, would you put your son <clears throat> on the cross to die for people and their sins? Correct. No, and no, he, no parent would. Exactly. Absolutely. No, no I, I couldn't, would. I don't have any nope. children, but I seriously no, don't no. think I would do no, it no, either. No parent, yeah. no, no parent would do that. Exactly. I, you're not, I'm not doing that for you. I don't care who you are, but yet Absol his love for us was so great that, that he did do it. Absolutely. So, you know, and that's one thing I remember you telling me when I was going through some struggles, you were like, Teresa, we live in a fallen world. This is what's, you know, this is, I, I don't, yeah you know, I don't remember how you said it, but I just remember because there's, you've gone through so much with what happened with your mom and we'll get into that next. But so, so you have this baby boy that, that isn't, you know, isn't born. So now you're struggling doesn't with that. It. I'm sorry. So, so yeah, no, that he doesn't make it. And That's so fair. at that point I felt very defeated, very just, I was done. I was, I was done with everything, but I knew that neither me or my husband wanted um, to have an only child. We both grew up with siblings. I grew up in a huge uh, Cuban family, uh, half German household. My husband grew up in a huge Italian household. Um, and we knew we wanted siblings. We knew we wanted siblings for our daughter. So at that point in time, I gave up all fertility because at this point we had spent so much money and really only got one 
out of it. So guys, so, we're going to, Ruthie, we're going to take a break. We're going to take sure. a quick break and then we're going to come back and you're going to talk about the next few blessings that you get and then the next tragedies that happen. So can we, can you give me a minute to get a break and then we'll come right back? Sure. All right. Thanks, Ruthie. Okay, guys, we are back from that break. All right, Ruthie. So now you're, you've grappled with God. You're, you're not wanting to have any more children. So now, or you're thinking you do, but what, what happens next? So I didn't want to have any more biological children because it was too difficult. And the whole fertility process is horrendous with the hormones and how it makes you feel and everything else. And um, money-wise too, it was, um, it was already... A, a lot of money invested and you know once again out of three pregnancies only one um made it so we turned to adoption and we started doing the adoption paperwork and filling out all the necessary things it was um uh an adoption agency it's still there um God, I can't remember the name, but it was a, it was a Christian adoption agency. And, um, so we were doing all the paperwork. We were doing all the stuff. We were setting a date for a home study because they have to come out and, um, speak with you and do all this stuff, of course, cause they're not gonna, you know, they need to vet the families that are wanting to do adoption. And then we were going to, um, be able to pick, uh, one of the families. And at that time they had several families that were already several women that were already in without having, um, that didn't have assigned families. So it was a pretty good thing that we were going to be able to have another baby within that year. And, um, <clears throat> through the grace of God. Um, and I really wasn't paying any attention at the time because, I wasn't even thinking of it, but I had somehow after, um, having him, my periods had started. They weren't regular by any means, but I did have a few periods in between and it was just a, Oh, great. You know, whatever. Now I have to deal with this. And it, it was not, you know, it was just like a total, like, what? Um, I started feeling sick. I started feeling nauseous. I am nauseous. I, from the get go, I think with very, very <laughs> early, which a lot of people are not. And I do not end my, uh, morning sickness until about 16, 16 weeks. And that had already happened with all three previous pregnancies. And so at first I was like, Oh, I must've ate something uh, bad. I have a dairy allergy, which causes me, you know, um, vomiting and all this other stuff, but it was like, oh, I just felt sick and, you know, I did vomit, but it was not like, I knew I hadn't been drinking any, having anything with dairy. So it was very, very, very strange. And, um, I just so happened to have had pregnancy tests still in my bathroom and I just whatever in my head was telling me you know I think you need to take a test and I took a test and it was positive and I freaked out and I called my fertility specialists and I you know I told the 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 nurse I was like I this is going on and I don't think it can go on but how is this possible and um it was funny. The doctor called me back and he was like, yep, this happens. Seen this more times than not. Your body is now the pre previous pregnancies actually helped my body start working. So that was a huge miracle. And, um, once again, I had to do the cerclage and be on bed rest mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. Um, but it was a, it was like, we were in total shock, absolute total shock. I had to call the adoption agency and I had to let them know that we were pregnant and that we would at that moment would not be continuing, um, the adoption process because I wanted to wait and see what happened here. I didn't want to be 
pulled in two different places. I wanted to concentrate on what was in the now. So they were over the, you know, they were overjoyed and, um, the, I did have some complications with that pregnancy. I was a lot of preterm labor, a lot of, um, stuff like that, but that end result was our second daughter and she, she was named Joanna. And I picked that name because it was gracious gift of God. And to me, she was my, um, gosh, she was, she was a gift because after everything that was his gift. And I thought, well, okay, so you, 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 uh, you made your reparations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love all three of your daughters. And oops, you, I just you made up, yeah, no, but I'm saying he made up for it. He made up for the tragedy. He made up for all the stuff that I, that I had had to go through and endure. And, um, you know, she was perfect. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, that was, that was perfect. And, uh, it was kind of funny because, you know, after so many years of not using birth control and not even thinking of it and not even almost having on the radar that that could happen again. Um, she was 14 months when I stopped nursing her, I did get a tiny little menstrual cycle and then two months later so 14 um three months later I find out I'm pregnant with my third with my youngest I guess and talk about that was textbook there was that was my easiest no-brainer of a pregnancy still had to have a cerclage but was on reduced bed rest because I didn't have any of the other complications that I had with the other two. I never had, um, contractions. I never had funneling, which is where your cervix kind of like thins out and tries to open on the top where it's being closed and on the bottom. I didn't have any of that. So, um, Emma was a completely virtually normal pregnancy and I carried her all the way to 38 weeks and she was born. And that was like, huge so huge so now you you have this complete family god has blessed you again with children you're you're saying it's okay that you know you're not happy that you've lost those children but you're more at ease i guess you could say correct with with now that he's granted you two more children you know yeah yeah he made up he made up for that he made up for that (laughs) so then so then (laughs) so life and i love uh, they're actually my nieces as well um anyways and I love them dearly oh I miss them so much because I'm in Texas and Ruthie's in Florida but um so now life is going good right Ruth what so yeah life was life was great life was perfect we were it was perfect and um so then all of a sudden you do want to have more children though right isn't isn't that I I did want to I am not I do not like um odd numbers so it was always in the back of my mind to, we weren't going to, I wasn't going to do anything official and it was not, um, you know, I was, once we, once I stopped nursing Emma, I was just going to be like, whatever happens, happens. Right. Cause now you've never a, it was never a definite thing and it was never a not definite thing, but I was just going to leave it in God's hands and Hmm. be like, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I was, I was not happy with an odd number. Um, I always wanted an even number. And unfortunately, um, Emma was so uh, 13 months old. And then you have a tragedy, right? Yeah. So okay. So what's going to happen? Hold on. Hold on. So so we're going to take another quick commercial break, and then we're going to we're going to go to this next part, and then she's going to tell this other story, and then we're going to wrap it up. But and there's a lot more to this story. But let's just take another break, and then she's going to tell you the next thing that really happens that makes her not have any more children. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Ruthie from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. When I'm struggling, my favorite Bible verse is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
Okay, Ruthie, we're back. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to take another break so I can get a drink or whatever. But um, let's get back to it. And um, just tell me what had happened. So now, now you're living life, you're, you're, you're where, where, you're, where you were at was something's going, something's getting ready to happen. Yeah, so we were, life was great. My oldest was uh, in kindergarten, she was doing great. The middle one was in preschool and and the baby was had just turned a year old and you know life was normal life was going as it goes and we were so happy and blessed and um you know just on a high right and i there's a knock on my door one morning at 11:30 and i thought that was very strange cuz you know, nobody ever bothers, you know, and I opened the door and there are two police officers uh, waiting there. And I got all excited when I saw them because my wallet had been stolen um, the oh, week prior. And, yeah. and I thought that they were going to um, tell me they found my wallet. And that was the first thing I said to them. I was like, oh, wow, you find my wallet because I had already had a policeman come over and get the statistics and you know all the stuff that had happened and they were going through cameras at the store and whatnot and so my statement had been taken so I was just kind of like oh well I've they've already had my statement why would they be here unless they found my wallet and it's kind of like I, I can look at it like I was like an out-of-body experience because I remember just standing there and uh, it was a female officer and a male officer. And she just looked at me and she said, no, ma'am, can we come inside? And I was like, well, why are you coming inside if you don't have my wallet? And I happened to look past them at the car that was parked out in front of my house. And it said, homicide detective on the side of it and my initial thing was my husband works for UPS and he's a UPS driver so my initial thing was like holy shit what the heck has just happened is my husband okay and she said ma'am can we come inside your husband is perfectly fine and all then I look back at the car because I'm like did I read that wrong and then it, I read that it said Fort Lauderdale homicide detective. And I knew instantaneously that it was my mom. And I would this not- This makes national news, right, Ruthie? What's gonna, yes. you're getting ready to yes. say, so it's I all over not, the news. I had, I had no news on, I had no TV on. I mean, I have, I have, I had two babies here at home. I had a three-year-old and a, and a one-year-old. So, you know, what was on Disney? There was nothing we never watched and I still don't watch the news. Um, I had absolutely no clue of anything that had happened. And so she just kept saying, can we please come in? Can we please come in? Can we please come in? And I was just like, no, you know, no, because in my head, I'm thinking, if I don't let you in, you're not going to tell me anything. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give me bad news if you don't come in my house. <laughs> and um, so then she finally had to say, yes, it is your mom. Can we please sit down? And I came in and I sat down and they had to tell me that, that, um, my mom had been involved in a car accident and that she had died. And so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking she lived in Hollywood and had to drive uh, the highway to get all the way up to downtown Fort Lauderdale. So I'm thinking, okay, I mean, people's have car accidents every day, every, every day, somebody loses somebody in a car accident. So I'm thinking, all right, so something happened on the highway that, that did whatever. And, um, you know, and I was like, she died instantly. And, and they were like, yep, yes. So I'm thinking, man, that must've been a horrific accident. You know, normally, you know, they can extricate you, whatever. So it wasn't until later on that, you know, they, uh, you know, they were trying to explain to me that, no, this wasn't a car accident, um, a, a, a usual car accident, that 
my mother had been at work and that for some reason her car had fallen off the fifth floor of the parking garage onto the ground. Yeah. And so that was just like a, what? How does that even happen? Who does that? What, who, you know, what, what happened? And, you know, that was just a whole, like those that day, the next couple of days, everything was just a whirlwind because it did make news. We had reporters at the door. We had reporters calling the house. We had everything. And it was just so surreal that I would just kept like saying, everybody leave me alone. My mom died. What, what do you care? It was my mom. You know, right. what, what does it matter? Leave me alone. And um, right. That because was, it made national news. Everyone was at your doorstep wanting to know the, the yeah. latest story and what was going on and how and how does this right. SUV because it was an SUV <laughs> that, that that fell off the fifth. She drove floor. a Suburban. Yes. Yeah. Yep that fell off the fifth floor. And it, it, I remember I was at work and it, it, our good friend called me and said, you know, while this was all happening, turn on the TV now, turn on the TV now. Oh my God, Ruth, Ruth. And I'm like, what? And she's like, just watch the TV. Cause apparently they had already gotten to Ruth's house and they were like telling her, cause they don't give the name of who's of, of you know, it was, it was on the news already, but they're not going to disclose who the person is until they get the next of kin. So at this point I'm, at work at, at this low vision aid center and turning on the TV going, Oh my God. Oh gosh. And her mother is such a, not that anyone's mom's not wonderful, but Ruthie just, I, I, to this day, just always think how she always was so welcoming and warm and how lovely she was. And it's just a sad loss, but God's got his purpose. And again, um, as you're telling the story, I always look at you and say, Ruth, how do you do it? How do you do it? You know, what, what were you feeling at this time? Were you, were you mad at God again? What was the, what was the thought process? Um, it was very overwhelming. Um, I remember it, you're just on automatic. Like you, mm -hmm. I was on autopilot. I had to get up. I had to be a mom of three little kids. I could not curl up in a bed like I wanted to. And um, it was very unfair more so because of the fact that we didn't have any answers as to why this had actually happened. Like what happened to this day? It's 17 years later, we do not have any answers. answer as to what on earth happened. And so I think my, my thing was worse, not having answers, but once again, we're not meant to have all the answers. Correct. And, um, it was, it was a huge hit for me because my mom and I had been very close. Mm. Um, she was, she was my rock. Absolutely. And yeah. as much as she annoyed me and as much as we <laughs> fought and as much as we had arguments. No way, not your mom. There was, no way. <laughs> we're both cut from the same cloth. We're both very yeah. strong-willed people. And so, yeah, there was a lot of butting heads. But I always, my mother was was always there 24-7 for me, regardless. It Absolutely, didn't matter. Yeah. I knew she was she was always there. And to have that, that was like a huge void in my life, huge. Um, plus the fact that it was like, what the hell happened? Why, what the heck happened? And, um, you know, it wasn't just me, it was her whole family that was grieving and it was a whole big mess. And, you know, it was dragged on because of what had happened and the police mm -hmm. investigations and the lawsuit all this other stuff it was just never it was never a simple oh I lost my mom it was this whole big mess surrounding it it wasn't like when we lost my mother-in-law or when we lost uh you know my grandmother or anything like that it was not just a simple death that you grieve it was so much more than that and there was so many more people involved which I thought was very unfair like I just, it's just my mom, you know, why did the news crew have to be at her funeral? We had to hire right. police to keep the news away from our funeral. And I'm thinking, what the hell do you want to be at a funeral for? You know, what was the purpose of that? So I, it was very unfair that we did not get that 
the privacy you needed. Correct. Yeah. And, and I totally understand, you know, like I totally understand people who, you know, are in the media or, or in, in the, the limelight when they have these cameras, like, why do we need to know any of this? Let them live their lives. Exactly. What is this needed for? Exactly. Now, nobody's going to know anything different. Just leave it alone. Right. Let us, let us mourn your mom. Let us mourn, let us have have the time we need to mourn her. And I know that it's a story. They look at it as a story, but it's not a story to people who are living it. Right. It was your mom. It was someone you loved. I mean, I loved her dearly as well. She was always like so good to me as well. And I do remember like the funeral and stuff that it was crowded. Your mom knew so many people, so many people came out because she was just a wonderful, loving woman who just, you know, for, but for some reason that was the way God intended her to, you know, he, you know, so I will, yes. And, and people look back and they're always like, wow, your mom, that was horrible. That was horrible. That was horrible. And through the years I have been able to justify it and be happy that that was my mother's end because unfortunately we have you know, so many people that we have lost through cancer or, um, other things, but, you know, uh, and she she was never, she never knew she was going to die. Like she never had, she lived her life to the fullest. fullest. And my mother did live her life to the fullest. Absolutely. There was definitely never any doubt that my mother had a wonderful life. Um, she did everything she wanted. She traveled. She, I mean, could she have gone more? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but she, but she did have a full, wonderful life and she never had a minute, um, of thinking, man, now my life is over. I'm going to die. It was done and over with in seconds. So she, she never had that. And from the time I was a little girl, my mother's father had arterial sclerosis in the brain and he suffered for 10 years with dementia and on, you know, on bed rest or whatever. And my mother always said to me, I don't ever want to live like that. If I don't want to go through that, if that is you know, what I, you know, I don't ever want to be on a ventilator. I don't ever want to be in a bed. I don't ever want to be anything. And if that was God's way, excuse me, of saving her from that, then I'm thankful. Correct. Because that was her biggest fear. Right. And we know she knew the Lord. We knew she loved the Lord. We knew she had faith in the Lord. So I have no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. I don't either. Yeah. I know we're going to see, I know we're going to see her again right now. She's dancing. Absolutely. Right now she's dancing in in heaven with, 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 you know, many people, my dad now, and just, you know, so we know that, that, that yes and she did have a full life but was she taken too soon sure yeah but you know we don't have the questions or the answers to why these things happen why we can have children then all of a sudden we can you know but but Ruthie let me ask you so with all that did you waver in your faith at all at this point or you were just like you know you were like this is life um I I don't know I I I don't remember wavering. Mm-hmm. I remember being mad because you're, you know, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, an automatic reaction. Process, right. But honestly, I, I didn't have time to waver. I really had three little kids who right. needed me, yeah. who I had to be there for, who I had to set the example for. Um, and life just went on because right. that's what had to, that's what had to happen life had to go on so um so Ruthie what let's let's go here because I know there's some more things that happen in your life but um we're cutting short on time and stuff like that but and I can have you on at another time to talk if you know um if you ever want to come back and I'm sure you will come back, but what would you tell people who are going through the struggle, who lose a parent, who, who can't have children? What would your advice be to someone who's wavering or struggling or just, I mean, I know, I pretty much know what you told me when I was struggling and having a hard time. And, um, but what would you tell the listeners that, what would you want someone to know that that's going through this? Um, to me, every obstacle or tragedy or anything that you go through, and you're immersed in at the time, um, it's horrible. It's horrendous because you're having to deal with it at that moment. 
and all your emotions, all of your everything is put in that at that time. But I have been able to, with everything I've lived through, know that when you look, like when I look back on all my fertility and all that stuff, it just, it seems like a very sad portion in my life, but it's only a small part of my life. And there's so many other wonderful and good things that have happened in my life that those, the bads don't overshadow. So it's always good to know that, you know, the sun will come out again. Yeah, it's raining. You're going through a hurricane, but one day the sun will come out and you will have, you know, a, a good again. And, you know, some people's hurricanes last a little longer, but the sun does shine. And that is, you know, that's God's promise too. That, Absolutely. you know, we may sun, adore it at night. The and sun then... will shine yeah. at some point in time. So when I look back, you know, my fertility struggles were 20, 24 years ago. And, you know, I have grown children now. And, you know, I try to tell people that, you know, I look back now and it was just a small portion of my life that I lived through that was very difficult. Right. But it is just that a small portion. So there is always another day and there's always a better day. And not to say that I won't have bad days to come because I'm, I'm sure I will, but I know they aren't the end all be all. I know they are not, um, uh, you know, truly encompassing in what your whole life is going to be. They are dark moments that we have to all go through, but the sun will always shine. Absolutely. The sun will definitely, and as shine. long as you have God to, you know, help you through it and give you the strength, you know, you Philippians 413, Philippians 413. I can do all things oh, through Christ. Yeah, no. who strengthens me. That is my favorite. I know it's mine. It's well. my favorite for a long time. And, you know, it just so happened that that has turned out to me very true in everything that I have yeah. gone through. No, I hear you. I mean, yeah, I, I never realized that that was your favorite, but that's one that I've leaned on all my life as well for a really long time. I mean, I do know Romans eight twenty eight, and there's a whole bunch more, but just even when I'd be on the treadmill, I'd be like trying to push through it going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me dig deeper. <laughs> but in, in just even in hard times, I mean, it's just, you know, I joke around about that part, but it, it really is something that, you know, you can endure anything and it's through his strength. That's, that's the glory of it all. Well, Ruthie, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, I, I appreciate, appreciate catching up with you. I love you dearly. I tell the girls today that I miss them and give them a hug for me, but we're going to wrap, we're going to wrap this up guys. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add before, before we, before I do my closing Ruthie? Um, no, I'm good. I mean, there's definitely a lot more we can, uh, touch on, but yes, with time it's uh, difficult, but yeah. Cause I know everybody got... hang in there. Our, our storms and our hurricanes are, are fleeting compared to the you know, the magnitude of what's the rest of our lives. Right. And, and I'll, I'll invite you again back, Ruthie, to tell more of your story, because I know there's more, but we are pressing for time because I know you have to go somewhere. But um, I think just today, the fertility story and, and your mom is just so, you know, that, that you bear those kind of things. And I know how you've helped me that, you know, I think that's, you know, let's just start with that today. And then we'll, like I said, we can, you can, you're more than yeah, welcome absolutely. to come back. I know you will. I know you're a dear friend. So guys, I'm going to wrap this up. As I always tell you, I pray that God keeps you. He holds you, you know, no weapon formed against you that, you know, all things are possible with God, you know, he'll get you through it. You may have a storm today. You may be going through something, but we still are blessed. We really are never alone that he will, he does walk alongside of you, but it is a walk, a relationship. It's not about someone telling you how to, how to live your life and that you have to do X, Y, and Z. Just grab your Bible, read it, and just know that he is there for you. All right, guys, I will see you next week with a solo. And um, thank you again, Ruthie, for your time, your energy, and have a great afternoon, everyone. Anytime. You yeah. too. Love you. Love you too. Hey everybody, this is Anne from the Inspirational Journeys Podcast, and I'm here today with Teresa from Struggling Blessed But Not Alone Podcast. How are you today, Anne? I'm doing good. How about you, Teresa? I'm good. So what's up? I've got some news for you. 
really what's that did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts no can you please share more about that Okay, so while you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. Wait a minute, Anne. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day. You have been listening to Struggling Blessed, but not alone with your host, Teresa Gafonte. Remember, no matter what struggles you face in life, with God on your side, you are never alone. If you like what you heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, you can visit Teresa-Blessings.blog for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.